0: Thank you, Todd. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate it. Really do. Um, You guys uh, today are very lucky, the the ones that are here. uh, Our our sound uh, engineer, Todd, or uh, Rob, um, informed me that I've got to keep this under uh, six hours. So... (laughs) yeah anyway good morning uh let's pray father we do come to you just so thankful lord uh as my wife joy said earlier uh, that snow just reminds us of, of what you do to to us when you change us from dark to light when you bring us from death into life, Lord, uh, what you do with our sin is you cover it, you cleanse it and you remove it. You make it you make us white as snow. And Lord, we thank you for that. We cannot do that on our own. There are certain things that are left to you. and uh, Lord, we, we learn that as we study your word. I pray that you would make us all better students. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, um, you know, Chuck always wants to have a sermon title. And uh, I think that's the worst part for me. I can preach a sermon. Tell me to put a title on it. And I'm going, um, okay, uh, no, uh, 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 no, that, no, that doesn't get it. So finally, I just throw up my hand and I say, okay, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And today's sermon was, what changes us? What changes us? And the short answer is, lots of things. So let's pray, and uh, we'll go outside and enjoy the snow. No, no, because that's not informative. It's not really what I want to say, because the question isn't really what changes us, but what changes us from a spiritual perspective. So maybe a more concise title could have been, what changes people spiritually? That's not bad. Maybe, maybe. What changes people into spiritual beings who align their thinking and lives to the will of God? Short and concise, right? It's only 87 words. Great title. But that's really what this is all about. Spiritually, what changes us for our lives to align more to the will of God? And our first reading uh, is from Colossians. Colossians 1, 1 through 10, um, and it reads this way. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. And I want to pause and just say, please be looking for those things that are changed, have changed, will change. All right. Verse 2, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Now I want to pause and say that's change number one that has taken place. It says, since we heard of your faith in Jesus, Christ Jesus that change from no faith in Christ to change in in, uh, faith in Christ that's change number one that's the most important and he continues and said the love which you have for all the saints that love for all the saints is actually a demonstration of change I don't know about you. I don't know how long you've been in church or different churches or whatever. But there are some people within the body of Christ that you or I might find a little difficult to love. And, you know, I kind of laugh because, I, you know, it's like, well, why do you think God put him there? Because he wants us to be better at loving. Scripture says it's easy to love the lovely. And within the body... There can be some real challenge to people loving one another. But it's all over the New Testament especially. He continues, because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, that's a result of change number one taking place. Somebody came to faith, they now have a hope reserved for them in heaven. First Peter chapter 1 talks of the same thing. Of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. That's your change driver. This book is the change driver. Okay? That's God revealed in his word. He reveals through his word. This change, the gospel, which has come to you just as it is in all the world. It is bearing fruit and increasing There's a second result to changed people. We help others change in the name of Christ, through the power of Christ. Even that has been doing so also since the day you heard it and understood the grace. You can read this Bible to the rest of the world. And they can hear it. But that part about understanding, that's spiritually driven. You think about one of, uh, you know, what we've studied, what we've learned over the years about the the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Is that he's our teacher. He's our teacher. Unsaved people can read this book and only get so far. But saved people, people who are spirit and dwell. We change from human wisdom. We put on spiritual eyes through that faith. Then this book starts to make sense. Amen. Yeah, you've been there. Okay. Um, let me finish that up. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bond who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and also informed you or informed us of your love in the Spirit. Again talking about change that love in the spirit cannot be duplicated by somebody who's just loving in the flesh not fleshly but just the flesh that human ability to really love well we can only go so far in the flesh we will fail verse 9 says this for this reason for this reason goes back to um basically verse 3 we give thanks to God praying and so forth because of the hope reserved because that change number 1 took place for this reason verse 9 says we also since today we heard about it have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will that's praying for future change just because you become saved doesn't mean that you aren't going to change over time. If any of you have been in the faith for more than 10 minutes, you understand what I'm talking about. Because you get saved, and yeah, I hope there's big change. You know, gave up this, put on that, and then you think, good, I'm done. No, baby, you've only just begun. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right? But it's exciting. But I think it's misleading to say, you know, you're saved, you're done. No, you're not. No, you're not. Just the beginning of the journey. And that's okay. Asking that you may be filled with his knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. In all spiritual wisdom, understanding so that you will—excuse me, I I really blew that one. I'll blame it on Chuck because his eyes are bad. Mine must be too because of the pulpit. All right. Let me start that over again. Okay. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that the result is when we start to walk and understand and have this spiritual wisdom and understanding— You know, we're steeping in it. We're stewing in it. We're growing from it. So that the result of that is that we will walk in a manner worthy. That's future change of the Lord to please him in all respects. In a manner worthy of the Lord. I will be the first to admit there's a difficulty. I'm going to take my glasses off so I can see you. I want you to make some sort of an indication. If any of you struggle with walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, like even for like five hours, anybody? Okay, I saw a hand. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, man, I'm starting to get a wave, I think. You know, just people, you know, yeah, yeah. But that was Paul's prayer for them, that they would walk in a manner worthy. Now, I'm just going to ask a question. If he's praying that that happens, what does it mean they're, how they're walking right now in a manner that's not worthy? Now, I don't mean to tell you that, you know, Paul is saying that they are probably the worst Christians ever. I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is going back to change Paul simply saying I see room for improvement my wife is kind enough not to tell me that that I need to improve she'll just look at me and I thank God for that because see that's what the Bible tells us we're supposed to do with one another about spurring each other on to faith and good deeds, uplifting one another, bearing one another's burdens, and so forth. We are here to be here for each other, not for ourselves. We need to change that. That's spiritual wisdom and understanding. Uh, um, What do we have up here? Oh, no, 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 not that one. Okay, let me keep writing, reading here. Okay, um, that you will uh, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. Don't settle for some. Let's go for every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened. You're strong. If you're indwelt by the Spirit, you are strong. But he's saying we could we could become stronger with all power. Oh, man. You know, somebody, you know, little kids, you know, what's your superpower? Jesus Christ. I can do all things through him. Amen? Amen. Then let's do it, okay? Um, according to his glorious might. For the attaining of all perseverance and patience, joyously giving thanks to God, the Father, who has qualified us. Whoa. Qualified us. I've gotten certificates. I've gotten, you know, like, boiler license, this and that. I've been ordained and so forth. And, you know, it says, you know, I'm qualified to do this and that. But how much better is it when God Himself puts his stamp on us and says you are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints. John Hahn had that seal placed on him of qualification because of his faith in Christ. And he was changed. And he continued to change until that moment when God took him To be with himself. There's still change coming. One day he's going to get a new body. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more suffering. No more sickness. I just want to say this. That in this passage we can note that there are several aspects. I hope you saw that. When it comes to... To spiritual change I was originally led to verse 9 it was you know rather obvious uh, for this reason since you were you know heard about it and so forth that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and so forth I was led there but because of the way I was taught uh, in Bible college um and for you young students maybe some of you are still at bible college when i was in school we did have paper we didn't use slate or any of that but what we were taught the way we were taught is that when you read something read the context okay because it's crucial so what did i do i read verse 9 and i kept going backward maybe forward but I studied those verses and then I began to see that change has stages and phases. So let's talk about some of the more important things we should take note of when it comes to change. The first change is what brings a person into faith in Christ there are other changes some of those changes are internal most of them will be but they have an external result you can't say that you've changed this or that about your thinking your world view and still keep living the same way so the most important thing biblically is what does it take to become a believer if that is our first change the first and I'll say probably the most important. Um, You think about the thief on the cross. He went and saw himself for who he was, a sinner. He saw Jesus for who he was, the Savior. And he was changed. He didn't have time for good works. He didn't have time to develop deep theology. Jesus said, but today. Today. You'll be with me in paradise. That was the most important change. What does it take to become a disciple of Christ? The answer is belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Savior. Okay? And that's more about faith and what the Holy Spirit reveals to us concerning Jesus. Understand, the Bible says, without the Holy Spirit working on our outside when we're unbelievers, we can't understand that. But the Holy Spirit reveals to us our need, first and foremost, to change from unbeliever and rebellious towards God to becoming children of God who follow him. It's about a deeper understanding of. Uh, that comes over time i've been studying the bible for i don't know a long time and the longer i go the more time (laughs) more often than not i realize i need more time i need more time i hope you feel that way because it's like wow our, our study on two uh thursday nights uh about theology and all that um it's our, uh, we're taking our first swing at, at, um, at, at doing some, some, well, we're studying theology. And it's the first time I've ever done a study like that outside of my, my college uh, education. And I'm learning a lot. How many of you are educators of, of you know, any stripe education? Um, when you go to stand in front of your people, whoever you're teaching, If you've done your work, okay, you will always know more than your students. Amen? Okay? And that should be our goal, not just to slide into heaven, you know? Oh, I believed. God's going to say, where's the fruit? Oh, here's an apple. (laughs) You know, really? No. He wants us to learn, to study, to change so that we can help others change. Belief in Christ, understanding his calling us out of sin, darkness, and disobedience is the will of God. First change, that's the will of God. It says so in John 3:16 and 17. Pastor Chuck's always beaten on John 3.16. I'll bet most of you even know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth That's change number one. Okay. In him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. So important. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him, Jesus, might be saved through the life-altering change of belief in Christ. That was and is the first step in spiritual change. From being an unbeliever to a believer, that should bring change. I've heard stories of people coming to faith, living in a debauched lifestyle. Their eyes opened, their knees bent, and asking God to save them through Jesus Life-altering. They gave up things. They started other things that the Bible says we should be doing. Bringing people from death to life. John 5.24 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life that's dramatic change the second step that's step number 1 becoming a believer you know those of you here those of you listening whatever if you haven't made that step that first change and you hear that spirit of god you feel it don't try and wiggle away from it move towards it find out about what does it take to be saved you personally that's why that's why Christ came to redeem us second step if i can call it that is when <clears throat> when it comes to change in a disciple uh, disciple that word in the greek is matateo i probably just butchered that it's been years since i took greek anyway and it means a follower a follower Joy and I were with some friends. It's a former student of Joy's. And they got two kids, two little ones. Um, And and, and they were like my little disciples. Because they kept following me. I'm not young anymore. They're beating the daylights out of me. My body still hurts today. Okay? But it was like they were glued to either Joy or me. Or dessert when it came out. They were definitely hooked on that one. But it means follower. But one who follows as a learner. They were learning. See, that's the implication. Some people just follow because of what they get. But they don't learn a thing. They just learn to follow. It's difficult for us. This learning. But I just want to say, by way of encouragement, it only goes on as long as you are breathing. I love that. Matthew sixteen twenty four says this. Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples, "If see, because here's here's what has to happen." Jesus says to his disciples, "If any man will come, just come to follow after me." First things first, he said, deny yourself. Deny yourself. How many of you have had the the just glorious experience of telling yourself no? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? You know, you have the money in your pocket or you got a credit card or, you know, or, you know, something. And there's that voice going, don't do it. Don't do it. And Jesus said, the first thing we have to do is deny ourselves. First principle. What it means is to lose all interest in our own self-interest. That's the stuff that motivates us in the flesh, not fleshly. I'm not talking about the sin and all that. I'm just talking about what motivates us in the flesh. Okay? I don't have enough. If I go to an airport, you know, Joy and I used to go to airports, I would drag her. And, uh, you know, I love airplanes, old airplanes, the coolest thing. And if I had a pocket full of money, it would have been so difficult, you know, to go, hey, Joy, you know, I, uh, I would be so fulfilled. <laughs> okay. I think God kept me from having that kind of money. Um, but it's about denying yourself disconnecting as it were from this world. Now let me explain that. It doesn't mean we leave our families. It doesn't mean we quit our jobs. You, even if you just want to say, but I'm sure God's telling me I gotta quit. <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't do it until you're sure. But it means that all those things become second. Some people their job is everything. I know because I've counseled with the rest of the family and they say, you know, they're off doing their thing and and I don't have a second parent or I don't have my spouse. They're too busy at work or in their office. Those have to become second to following Christ and his commands. When you change from that to letting Christ lead you, that's change. That's change that people will recognize. You'll probably freak them right out. You know, what did you do with so and so? Because you look like them, but you don't act like them anymore. And you can tell them that's because I found Jesus Christ as Lord, not just Savior. So all that kind of change, piece of cake, should take you about well, Sunday. Probably by this evening, by the time the Super Bowl gets on, you should be changed just like Christ. You just what Not really. Okay? Just kidding. Step three, again, this is not you know definitive or anything like that, but I'm just breaking it down. We went through two. This is number three. Third step, and this one deals with the change of your mindset. Your mindset. I know when I started Bible college. This is many, 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 many years ago. Um, one of the courses I took was a correspondence course on uh, cassette tape, and uh, they were little rectangular things and had little wheels in them. Okay, <laughs> it's a little brown tape, and and the cassette player would eat them. Yeah, you remember that, don't you? But the one was on um, studying the life of Christ, the four Gospels. And the instructor, so wise, said at the very beginning, before the beginning, this is like the prelude, he said, Take your preconceptions and put them in a box and put them in your closet. Let it speak for itself. Let it speak for itself. Matthew eighteen3 says this, and this is when when Jesus um, I, I wish I, I wish I had video of this when Jesus t- took the little guy out of the crowd and he used him for an example. And Jesus said, "Truly, I say to you unless you change, okay' Um, metaphorically meaning basically to turn yourself or your conduct your thinking okay it actually has the same intention as we I mean what's our definition for repentance is to do what? to turn we, what do we do when it comes to direction? we change direction we change And that's what this is talking about. Unless you change direction. Little kids, um, typically, not always, (laughs) they kind of believe you and they listen to you. Now, today, kids are getting, you know, out of control. What's wrong with those kids? What I'm trying to say is that, you know, kids typically... When they see me, especially when it's like October, November, even into early December, and my beard is longer, they will listen. You know? Give me your name. I've got two lists here. I want to see which one you're on. And they're like, yes, sir. You know? (laughs) They want to change. They need to change. But here, here, I just want to say this. This idea of becoming as a child, a well-disciplined child, a well healed child will listen. We need to become like little kids who go, yes, sir. When Jesus called that kid out of the crowd, I would imagine the little kid maybe looked to mom or dad or whatever. But I know he came. It says so here that he came. He listened. And that's really what our life should look like. When we begin the lifelong journey of discovering who God is and what his word says about himself and what changes he expects and requires of us, he wants us, actually commands us to change. And it's so sad because it's for our own good. You know, it's like when my dad would say, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. No, he would say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And my dad was a cop, and he had a belt like this wide and about that thick. And I was like, no, it's not. It's going to hurt me. God wants to hurt us for our own good. For our own good, he wants us to change. He wants us to change. In Acts 26, verses 14 through 18, Paul speaking about what happened on the road to Damascus. Verse 14 says, And when he had fallen to the ground (laughs) well, there's a change. All right, how many of you ever been thrown off a horse? No? Oh okay, there's a couple. Okay. Um, that is perspective changing. All right, Covey quail, this is when I was growing up in Virginia, riding a horse, you know, going through this field, and it was a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, this covey of quail takes off in front of the horse, and the horse just rears up. And I had forgotten to put on my safety belt. They don't have them, okay? And I ended up on the ground. I rolled over and I look up, and here's this horse coming down on me. Thank God, back then I could move quickly. Okay, because I'll tell you what, I changed my position. Okay, everything worked out. But here's Paul falling to the ground. He said, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Paul said, who are you, Lord? And I, and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. But get up, stand on your feet. For this purpose, there's a reason we get knocked down by God. It's not to destroy us. It's for us to change perspective. He said, I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness, not only to the things to which you have seen me, But also the things in which I will appear to you, Jesus telling Saul, Paul, to expect more change. Expect it. It's not a bad thing. God wants us to change, to be his child, but he wants us to be productive children for the kingdom into which he called us. Stand on your feet, i got a purpose. Verse 17, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes, hmm, so that they may turn, again this idea of repentant change, that initial step from darkness into light. From the power of Satan to God, and they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. That's verse 18. Jesus changed Saul into Paul because that change was God's will. And not just for Paul. Not just for Paul. John 1.12 says this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become, and, and there's your, your primary change, children of God to those that believe in him. It's that believe and receive. It's about change. First, we're changed, or should be through God's process of changing. That's part of sanctification. Sanctification. The very reason is so that by our having been changed, we might, by our own personal, internal, spiritual change, focusing on Christ and pleasing Him, doing all that He commands, can lead others to the God who changes people from the inside forever. A side note He may not change your circumstances. Amen? I mean, you know, let's face it. Scripture says in this life you will face all kinds of ease and comfort and nice slippers. No, it doesn't. It says you're going to face persecution and trial and difficulty. But he will change us in and through those tough circumstances. To be more like him, so that we can become more like Christ who draws all men to himself. We're not drawing people to ourselves because we've changed. We're drawing people to Christ who changed us, and we can use ourselves, our testimony. I was, but now. But now. Um, I'm not going to do it. Um. I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't always a Christian counselor. Okay. I was far from it. But I understood I had a need. So I changed by the grace of God. God desires us to change and grow spiritually. He has a divine purpose. Do you know yours? We need to seek it. He wants us to grow. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says this. And this is about people who have been changed. This is about people who have moved beyond just becoming saved. This is about other changes that have taken place. And he said this. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We need to be teaching. Just to say, well, I'm saved. And you can't even tell people why or what that means. We need to do better than that. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. How many of you are following all the commands that Jesus gave you. Right. I'm working on it too. Okay? But that's just the thing. I want to tell you what you do know of Jesus Christ makes you a teacher because there are people that don't even know that much. Well, I've only been saved for, I don't care. Neither does God. If you've been saved for five minutes, do you realize you know five minutes more worth of material about God than an unbeliever? If you've been saved 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, think of the material you should be able to share. We need to change because that's God's choice for us. Change is not an option. If there's little or no change... That means something. Amen? That was real pleasant to hear, wasn't it? Don't worry, I had to write this stuff down and I'm going, do you really want to write that? You know, because they're going to look at you and go, where's your change? Stop looking for the little speck in my eye, you know? (laughs) No, I got a plank in mine, like most of us. Change isn't an option, but faithfulness in pursuing spiritual growth, that's what we need. Going back to Colossians 1, that pursuit of spiritual growth will bring faith in Christ, deepening faith in Christ and a love for other believers. That's verse 4. It will bring fruitful service, promoting and propelling the good news to others. Fellowship of other believers, that's verse 6. It will also be a growing, convinced, continuing uh, revealing of God's will in your life. I don't know what God's will is. I'm going to tell you, you might have a problem with studying your scriptures and prayer. I'm just taking a swing at it, but that might be what it is. Because when Paul was praying for their spiritual growth, understanding, wisdom, you don't just sit back and become wise. In verse 10, talks about living in a manner that pleases God. Faith in Christ will bring that change. Will demonstrate it. And in verse 12, real change is about thinking uh, about God to the point where you're thankful toward God, giving thanks. Final point Rob, how am I doing for time? Uh, three, oh, three more hours? Okay, good. All right. 1 Corinthians 15. Zero. I'm sorry, you're breaking up. <laughs> All right, I'll make it quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. Check it out. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. That's talking about believers. That's their final change. He's talking about the rapture here. We may not all sleep, euphemism for death, but we will all be changed. Oh, babe, I can't wait for that change. But that's my final change. In the meantime, God's got other change in mind for me. I need to keep working towards that. I said at the beginning that John Hahn experienced nearly his final change. The only thing that's waiting for him is when he receives that new body. While we're still here, we need to keep changing and growing, that we would know the will of God, that we would deepen our faith in Christ, that we would understand this book more, that we would become better emissaries for the kingdom, we need to become the hands and feet, absolutely. But we also need to be a sales brochure. Instead of being, uh, wow, they're a Christian. <laughs> we need to be like, wow, that's a Christian? Cool. That's what we need to be. And the only way it happens is through change. Pray for change. Not Not for those, you know, around you, not for your spouse or anything like that. Pray for change for yourself. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for loving us, for giving us, Lord, your word, giving us your spirit. Lord, telling us about change. Lord, change is difficult. You know that. But Father, thank you for letting us know that when we change, there's some real good things that happen. You do want to reward us. You are a rewarder of good. So Father, help us to spur one another on to change, to that faith and good deeds, as your word says. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. amen.